And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father John Rutten. And we are your hosts this morning, and we're broadcasting from St. John Paul Second Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. It's the newest parish in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So, Father John, for those that aren't familiar with um, the parish, we keep calling it a parish, but it kind of isn't really a parish building. Yeah, it's a parish. It's not a building, though. We're in oh, a, yeah, no. I, I think... We're in know, a strip we're, mall. We're in a strip mall. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in a bank, an yeah. old bank. And do you ever do drive through confessions? I don't, but I remind everybody <laughs> that we still take your money. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we took out the machine to be able to talk through the thing. Oh, darn. And so I know it's a question everybody first asks. They're like, oh. hey, have you, will you hear confessions? <laughs> and I always say I'm, I'm the kind of person that if I had thought about it beforehand, I would have done it just once so that I could always say, oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> Oh, yeah, totally did. Uh, but so where are you at in the planning process for uh, this parish? We are at the land phase, so we're, we've, we are a parish. We've been established. We're here for good. Mm-hmm. Nobody's uh, it would take a lot to get rid of us. Um, <laughs> we growing 217 families, and we have a piece of land on Cliff Avenue in Harrisburg. Uh, we've discerned and prayed really from the beginning and felt called to another location. Yeah. Uh, but God sort of keeps that land in our possession. That's the ticker. When that sells, it's on the market. So if anybody okay. wants to buy, you know, 10 acres in Harrisburg, fast growing place, uh, give us a call. But uh, we feel like when that goes, then it sort of sets into motion a few things okay. that allow us to purchase and uh, go to the land. That so you have your on. eye on a different location. Yes, a secret location. Secret, top secret. We're top not going to share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody can buy that yeah. one. So, so yeah, very and good. we're just kind of open. In the meantime, the Lord's doing a lot of beautiful things. So where are you doing mass from these days? Harrisburg High School Performing Arts Center uh, okay. on Sundays at 9.30. And then Shalom Lutheran has been a great partner with us out here in Harrisburg. They've been here for a long time. And uh, they offer us their space on Saturday evenings at 4.30. Very nice. So lots going on in Harrisburg. Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, we'll keep you in our prayers. Thank you. It's a big calling. It's his calling, so (laughs) we just wake up and get out of bed every morning. Yeah, that's right. That's about all we can do. (laughs) All right, folks. That is the signal. It is officially straight talk time. It's from 930 to 10 o'clock this morning where you can call in and ask any questions that you might have on the faith. We've got Father John Rutten here, and then we also have Father Sean Hagerty. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. Good morning. How How are you? Welcome. It's been a while. Yeah. (laughs) We we brought him for all the smarts. He actually is going to be able to answer. I was like, what's going on here, Father John? (laughs) (laughs) When you're in seminary, it seems like you got everything off the top of your head. Yeah. Tip your fingers. You know? yeah. 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 You got Augustine, Aquinas, Ignatius. They're all just like all their wisdom is right with you, you know. And oh, my gosh. After you get out there a while, it does get does a it? little slippery. Well, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to deal with all those big questions like on a day-to-day basis as much. You yeah. Know? Oh, okay. It's more of a, just running the parish, working with people whose faith is, is alive. They, they, they love the Jesus. They love the church. They're not asking some of the big questions about uh, just the faith itself, that the culture in general or society is asking. And certainly we address those different things in homilies and whatnot, but you're not kind of doing the daily grind of the arguments on everything with all that stuff. So, so are you, is this an invitation to your parishioners then? 
weekly to come up and start asking you tough questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I did announce at a daily mass this morning. I said, I'm going to be leaving real early after mass here. No greeting. I'll be on the radio. So uh, a quick hello to all my St. Lambert parishioners who are listening right now. And know my prayers for you. Yeah. And especially uh, St. Saint, uh, Saint John of Capistrano today. Yeah. He was the chaplain. Uh, who really led the fight against the Ottoman Turks at this time, and and this importance of of uh, priestly prayer, praying for the people, mm-hmm. and so just uh, know my prayers for them and all the, all listeners who are listening today. That just know that Father John and I are praying for all of you, and I was praying for Father John at uh, Saint John Paul II yesterday. You guys had your feast day yesterday. Yes, yes. we did. Yeah, that, thanks. Just an amazing, amazing saint. Listening to his story, oh, just know. all the suffering that he went through. Uh, just tremendous. You know, you mm-hmm. think about it. He lost his mom. He lost his dad. He lost his brother. All his family was dead. And then on top of it, the war came and a yeah. lot of his friends got rounded up and died as well. And, and he himself got hit by a tram. He got hit by a truck. He got hit also by a car. You and know. yet he still skied. And a bullet. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's yeah. yeah. just a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous man. So, yeah. Well, for those of you that are tuning in, this is our, uh, <laughs> our straight talk segment where you can call in and ask these two fine gentlemen any questions that you might have on the faith. Our phone number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And you can also submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So we already have a question that has been sent in. They're not on the phone, but they've written in a question. Were we made to be greater than the angels? If so, is there any special, is there any scriptural backing for this? And if not, are the angels greater than humans? As they sit and look at each other and smile. (laughs) Yeah, well, one, I would say... um, (laughs) <laughs> very first thing I would do is I would look at St. Thomas Aquinas' Summa Theologicae mm-hmm. and just look at what he has to say about the angels. You know, he's got a four-volume series on uh, just all of theology. That's what Summa Theologicae means, is Summa Theology. And uh, I don't want to quote him, but my sense is he would say, uh, you know, that the angels are uh, created in a, in a, in a cause they're a spir- purely spiritual being, um, but because Christ has united himself with humanity, we're called to, we're, we be, mm-hmm. by our baptism, by being united with Christ, we become greater than the angels. And that's actually what Lucifer, why he decided to rebel, is he didn't like that plan. Because he oh. was an angel, as we mm-hmm. know, a fallen angel. Uh, and because he didn't like the, that God had a plan of uniting the human race with himself uh, in Christ, uh, that he did not like that. And so he rebelled. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what, as of on, on on a natural level, no, but supernatural level, yes. Yeah, I'm going to follow your lead and uh, the lead of Aquinas and say I'll answer your question in two parts. Uh, the first part <laughs> being on the level of uh, scripture, we can we see that in creation, uh, God created, and the pinnacle of what He created was uh, man. He mm-hmm. created humanity. Uh, it doesn't even say anywhere in there that He created angels as a part of that story right Uh, Right. we we can go into that in depth why that is but uh, so in a way in the order of creation the highest is humanity but uh, the recognition that how he created the reason angels are higher than us is their pure intellect Um, we if you look at the gradation of all of creation it starts with what is purely material with no soul and you know then you go to plants then you go to animals then you go to people then you go to angels and they have no materiality and so they have a, a, a way about them that is greater than humanity mm-hmm. right so in the order of creation in a way we are less than them 
Um, it's good, Father John. And in the second part, then, I would say, uh, and if you don't know, in the Summa, Aquinas does first part, second part, I respond, I object, da da da. Um, that he, said he created us in his image and likeness. Mm hmm. What does it mean that we're created in the image and likeness of God? Like, talk about being of the greatest. Um, but in the end, the thing that makes us greater than angels is purely the incarnation. Um, the fact that God became one of us is what transformed and reversed all of that. And then, as you said, comes Lucifer. Yeah, and, and the second part of that question was with regards to sacred scripture. Where does scripture support that? And I would say, you know, the Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. You know, hail, like what would an angel mm -hmm. say to a, a human being, hail, yeah. because of this plan. But if you look in the old, other Old Testament areas where there's angels that come, it's usually a, a lot of, uh, you know, fear and trembling. And I, I saw the angel of God and I still lived, you know, right. those type things. And certainly Mary was, tr she trembled, you know, was afraid, you know, mm -hmm. it says in scripture. But the angel gives, you know, a response to, to Mary or, or addresses Mary in a way that no other angel ever has. And it's one of salutation. You know, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And whenever you see art depicted as well, you see the angel kneeling before Mary um, as a sign of, because she's going to be the one who brings about God's the instrument mm -hmm. of where, where the Christ will become man, God will become man in her womb. So so Beautiful. that's what I would I'd look for, for scripture right off the top of the bat. And, and um, you know, St. Paul talks about too, uh, I forget where it's at now, but he talks about, if you click St. Paul, angels and Google, he talks about, you know, God has made us a little less than the angels, and it's kind of with with Christ, we become greater than the angels. Yeah. I think it's in Romans. Wow, you guys are really good. Just so you know, for straight talk folks, this is the day to call in. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it interesting how I sort of feel like, oh, I don't have very good arguments. Mother oh Hagedy's arguments are better, and like, no, oh no, I think the same you? thing. I'm like, uh, this is an <laughs> epic day. John, John is so good. This is uh, an epic day to call in, yeah. guys. If you have any questions on the faith, please give us a call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have two stellar priests with us today, Father John Rutten and Father Sean Hagerty, answering your questions on faith. Again, the number is 877-795-0122, or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So I have kind of a follow-up question with angels. A lot of times when um, someone passes away, people tend to be, tend to say, now you have an angel in heaven hmm. looking down on you. Can we go into that just a little bit? Yeah, a uh, couple Couples. My first response always to that is, uh, now, as a priest as I am, I want to say, no, you don't! Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then I've learned, okay, they're trying to express something that's happened to them that's not a helpful way to bring them around. <laughs> like, <laughs> let them, you know, come. Uh, so, the, um, and, and it's a process for people to really come to it. I believe it's... Uh, um, we don't. I believe we don't believe in the incarnation. We don't understand the incarnation that God became flesh, and so when we have these experiences of divine encounter in a person, we sort of uh, attribute it to something disconnected from humanity. And so, an angel is an easy place to say, "Oh, it's an angel. I have an angel." Mm. Um, and so, I think it's just a sign that we aren't as familiar that God is among us. He's one of us. He's a face. He's a person. He has a name. Uh, that we belong to this body. And so, it's true. 
we don't have an angel in heaven, but they're trying to express this awareness that they still belong to this mm-hmm. person. Um, but the way that they belong to this person is through the incarnation, through the body of Christ, through the Eucharist, through the priest, through the church. Uh, we do still belong to this person, and that person can still be present to us. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, and I think it's kind of a little bit of terminology too, you know. So, Father John, if you don't call him an angel, what do you call him? You're, you're probably calling him an angel because they're like, well, they're in heaven with the angels. The angels are in heaven. So, yeah. like, aren't they an angel then? And, uh, but they're not. So, what would we, what would we actually call him, Father John? Uh, a soul. A soul that is now like a saint. A saint, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> See, I'm getting schooled today too. <laughs> yeah, so, so a saint. So, that's kind of. So helping people just to kind of make that terminology and, mm. you know, I think of like children sometimes too, they get excited about something and they say something and, and they're saying, you know, oh, look, mom, I found this. They're like, well, no, it's not exactly it. You know, yeah. they're putting the pieces together and, and just helping people just direct that. Yeah, it's, you know, now maybe some people are really thinking, boy, I, I do really become an angel. Uh, but I think most of the time they're just thinking, oh, they're in heaven. Mm. And, uh, and helping them to understand fully the incarnation, mm-hmm. fully that, you know, God's uh, become man and that you're united now with Christ for all eternity in heaven. And, and the only one who's ascended into heaven is Christ, and, and they've been united uh, with our Lord. And so, um, and too, it's, it's helpful just to understand, like, what is an angel? Uh, the, the, the word angel comes from the Greek, angelos, which means messenger. So in the ancient Greek world, if you were to say someone was an angel, they, they were like the postal man. <laughs> so, so if you want to call the UPS guy or the, the FedEx guy or, or, the, or your mailman an angel, uh, you would be rightly right in doing so in, mm-hmm. in the ancient sense of the word. But now as Christianity has been around for 2,000 years, when you hear the word angel, we think uh, messenger from God. Very cool. Well, we have actually a question that is on the phone lines. If you wanted to hop in on the conversation or even change the subject, you are allowed to do that. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. So we're going to head on over to the phone. Becky is on the line with us. Becky, good morning. Good morning. Say, first of all, Heather, I have to say that there's not just three people that listen to you. So, okay. <laughs> Four. <the> radio. Four. <laughs> and second of all, I have to tell um, Father John that my son used to go water plants at a care facility here in town, water flowers, every day. And every day he would go and meet this lovely woman, woman who had like nine kids and twins, just like we have in the oh, family. And so my boys Monica. would go and love to listen to her talk. So, yes. Um, anyway, my, my first question You're is an angel. I'm curious. <laughs> she's, she's a messenger of good You're news. You're a messenger. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, go I have ahead. Two so, we, we talk about, you've talked about before, like the fall of, how do you want to say this? The fall of the, the angels, um, Lucifer, and all that. And then my kids are asking me, is that actually in the Bible? I mean, the stories are, how do we know the story of the. I don't want to say this, before Adam and Eve, before, I mean, how do we know that? Or where do I find that? Um, I'm going to just take a quick, the book of Revelation speaks about the battle between the woman and the serpent. Yeah, I've actually, I, this, it's so amazing, you can just pull up the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, I'm, my mind is going right to Revelation. And uh, it says, okay. uh, this is Revelation chapter 12. 
verses 7 through 12, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with a dragon. The dragon is Satan, obviously. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Hmm. So that's right in the scripture, chapter 12, a book of Revelation, and it's, you know, it's a, this great war that goes on, and, and a third of the angels. And the thing is, is there's still messengers. There's still a messenger. And so what kind of message do you think they're going to send to you? Because we have messengers, and they're all the time mm-hmm. the thoughts that come to us. And sometimes it's just ourselves. But sometimes there's other thoughts that come to us, ones that inspire us, that move us on to want to follow God to greater things. But that's that's our maybe our guardian angel. That's that's the angels of God reminding us of, of God's love for us. And then those other angels that come around that are fallen, what kind of messages are they kind of sending to us? Mm-hmm. Usually one of discouragement, one of accusatory, a liar, a lot of the lies we believe about ourselves. They, they know those lies that you believe too of the wounds in one's life and they keep hitting there and going mm-hmm. there. And uh, and so they're, they're, at the, they're on the earth and, and they're still... Uh, they're active today sending messages. And so just become aware of that. You know, Ignatius talks about awareness of the many thoughts and feelings and desires that are in, in our hearts and our minds. Uh, Becky, okay. did you, does that answer your first question? Because I heard you said you had two questions. I do have two questions. It does answer it. I wasn't going okay. as far as Revelation. I was looking in the beginning of the Bible. So, okay. And my other question mm-hmm. is simple. Basically, I grew up in a small church. There was no adoration chapel. I mean, it was just a... Anyway, um, if I wanted to go to church and just pray the rosary, is it best to go in the Adoration Chapel, or is that... I mean, because it's... Are you just... I mean, can you do that in the Adoration Chapel or not? Because I like it because it's nice and quiet and peaceful in there. Can you pray the rosary in the Adoration Chapel? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Most definitely. I never see anyone doing that in there, so I was just curious. So, okay, okay. Well, sometimes, that was my sometimes only you might think... Yeah, yeah. No, sometimes you might think, well, the pious thing is, is just to be with Jesus and that's it and have nothing else distract from my relationship with Jesus and talking with him. But if you actually read some of the liturgical books that talk about adoration, they encourage the liturgy of the hours, which is the the prayer of the priests. They encourage uh, maybe a scripture passage and even even the priest could even give a little mini homily uh, before the Blessed Sacrament for people. And when you look at the rosary, the rosary is actually a development out of the liturgy of the hours. And so it's kind of like a okay. liturgy of the hours for the lay people, really. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah, and oh, a lot of depending helps. on what chapel you're going to, you'll find oftentimes a little prayer corner, and usually rosaries are hanging there for people to borrow if they don't have one or whatever. So, a uh, little spiritual okay. nuggets to read or so. All right. Well, okay. thank you very no, much. Thank, thank you, you very much. Questions. Those are my questions. Yes. Thank you. Great that question. was awesome. Right. She was an angel. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's a good call. <laughs> we want more angels right. to call in. Messengers. <laughs> Thank human you. beings. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, this is our Straight Talk segment. It is your opportunity to call in and ask these two priests questions that you might have on the faith. Our number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. We have another anonymous question. Uh, they have been married for 15 years and they have three children. Is it a sin to not want more children? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. To not to, want more children. Yeah. Depends they, on what God's will is for their life. I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're always called to open to life. And, uh, 
you know, God gives us the gift of life. That's it's part of um, what the the human family is. The human family is a microcosm of the Trinity. You've got husband and wife, and their love is so great that their children proceed forth from them. And uh, you know, because we're made in God's image and likeness, male and female, God created them. And and then He said, very first command in the Bible: be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And so the love between husband and wife is so great that it proceeds forth from them with children. It just says between the love between the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit proceeds forth from them. And so uh, that's a, that's an integral aspect of, of married life, and family life, openness to life. Mm-hmm. Now um, there can be circumstances in life where. You know, uh, you may want to avoid a pregnancy during that time. For instance, uh, health issues, uh, stress, and work with, with job. Uh, you know, maybe maybe one's out of work for a little bit. Um, you know, or maybe you've got a newborn already, and it's it's taking every every ounce of energy that you have already. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, and maybe you desire. You know, I'd like to have more children, but we just can't do it right now. And um, so it's you know part of the marriage vows is that you make a promise to be open to life. Mm-hmm. And so that should always be there, but there can be reasons for, for d- delaying the pregnancy. Now, you don't ever use contraceptives to do that. Uh, there's natural family planning, but there should be a, a real good reason for wanting to avoid. avoid. So you know, you, you, the woman's fertile only a certain amount of time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and the man's all the time. And uh, so obviously there's plenty of opportunities. You know, when the occasion arises, you're doing some natural family planning, you're charting, and, you know, the mo- moment arises, and you're like, you know, uh, we want to be intimate with the spouse. And what, you know what, we just found out today that oh, she's fertile today. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we should ask the question, is there a reason why we, why we want to avoid uh, this act at this moment? And, uh, and usually it's a great opportunity for couples to communicate then and talk about, yeah, I feel really stressed out. You know, that's why I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to have uh, intercourse now because, you know, maybe we have not been talking and communicating. Maybe we're too busy with running the kids around already, all their many activities. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so don't feel like you're like, stressed and like, you know, God's hitting you over the head and say, you've got to have more children, etc. cetera. Um, but just to, to know that, you know, God, God's going to give you all the strength that you need. But I do know all the couples that do say, you know, we're this old now and gosh, we wish we had one more, one more child. And, yeah. and it can seem pretty stressful, but just being open and trusting, having faith that God's going to provide in the midst of that. We don't always necessarily see it, uh, but to be open, and if you can't really come up with a good reason in that moment, and it should be a serious, more of a serious reason, you know, then then you should really be open, open to that act of love, and that's it's it's an act of faith in that moment mm-hmm. that God's going to provide in some way that they don't see. Well, God, not God necessarily provide financially, but emotionally too. Yes, and spiritually, because yeah. that's a big part of being a parent, you know, mm-hmm. and He'll provide that. Yeah, and I think the circumstance allows a great conversation also to happen between uh, the couple and God, mm-hmm. which is the, the important dynamic. And the reason that's so important is in that prayer, you're going to feel like you don't want to do a lot of things God's asking. <laughs> and so a <laughs> sense like the question, like, is it, a, is it a sin if we don't want to have more children? Um I mean, if I say yes to that, then like there's an immediate like assumption it's tied to this like complex place. But like if we just say, uh, is it a sin um, to feel like I can't do what God's asking me to do? Mm. Well, I mean, no, there's no sin. That's like being human. That's the problem (laughs) is we feel overwhelmed. Like, I don't know how I can go out to St. John Paul II Parish yeah. and help start a church. Like, uh, 
I mean, um, that's stressful, Father you know, John. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's so if we take it out of that and put it in something bigger, like the experience sometimes is saying, like, I, I can't do, I can't have one more. Um, and the truth of the matter is, you know, I, I talked to my sister one time and she was talking about when she had one more child. And it was actually that child that forced a reordering in their life mm-hmm. in a way. And it wasn't like the sixth, seventh, eighth child. You know, it was it was the fourth or fifth, I can't. Um, and then all of a sudden, everything actually got better. Yeah. So the the need to say, God, I don't, I can't do what you're asking me. And then to be in a dialogue with him and he'll show you, he'll change you, he'll give you the yeah. path. Dialogue. Uh, I love that. Well, folks, it's been a, a busy morning. We're almost out of time this morning and we've got two other questions that have already come in. So people are liking the duo this morning. Joe from Spearfish is on. <laughs> Joe, you have bump. a question for the priests. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, I, Joe. Uh, I was yeah, I was traveling over the weekend. I'm a I'm a recent uh, convert, and so I was uh, looking on masstimes.org and found a parish, and I got there, and the time had been incorrect. And then I looked again and found another parish about 30 minutes away, and so it wasn't going to start for another hour and a half to two hours, and so I went ahead and grabbed a bite to eat since I hadn't had lunch uh, that day, and it was getting late in the evening. But when I got there, they'd already started, so their time was incorrect <laughs> online. And so I felt really bad, and I thought, well, should I even go to Mass since I can't take the host or whatever? And so I went ahead and went to Mass and just received the blessing. But since my intentions weren't to, you know, I mean, I intended to fast, but it just didn't work out that way. Could I have went ahead and taken communion or not? Because you had eaten right before Mass? Yeah, I'd eaten. Yeah, yeah, I'd eaten. uh, So. Yeah, I mean, one thing is obviously was not intentional for you of missing mass. You know, uh, missing mass is is a serious thing, obviously. And just a real real quick revamp of what mortal sin is. Mortal sin is something that's seriously wrong. You know it's wrong, and you freely do it. Well, missing Sunday mass is seriously wrong. You know it, and you're not freely doing it though. You were intending to go. You wanted to go. What the heck? You know? This Technology. Happened me, it happened to me once, and now it happened to me a second time, too. Man, Lord, they helped me out here, you know? And, uh, and, uh, I, I so, went ahead and went to Mass. I went to Mass, but I didn't. I went ahead and received a, received a blessing instead of taking communion at the time. Oh, uh, what, what, what time? What, what, where were you at in the Mass when you got there? I, I got what, there. Was it the Gospel? Or, it was in the homily. Okay, Father John, do you have any? I, 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 it's there's actually I, I can't recall anything that says it's written hard and fast of when you can receive communion, when you can't by coming to a mass. I mean, we bring communion to the sick all the time, mm-hmm. and it's a very abbreviated, um, you know, uh, way of way of doing the ma- of of giving them communion, and uh, so I, I've. If you're if you're there for the liturgy of the Eucharist, I'd say you're you're good to go, you know. But um, what about the fasting portion of it? Well, yeah, you always want to fast an hour before communion. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I I would, yeah, that seems reasonable to me, and you have to do it in conscience. But uh, uh, with the fast part, I always think, oh yeah, well I don't have to receive communion. There's grace here, and so if you have eaten or if you forget or if you do something it's just an opportunity to receive the grace of being present at the sacrifice uh, and to just receive the blessing and in that you can grow 
um, as well. Uh, but if say you didn't have, uh, hadn't eaten, I think that's, you know, you come in and you so know you're late. Right you're thing. yeah, yeah. I would say you did the right thing. Yeah. And this is one of those questions where I'm sure you can find five <laughs> priests that would tell you something different. Uh, yeah. So don't uh, don't. There's nothing in the the catechism that can or you know yeah so yeah. yeah you I, I, can find a priest yeah. to tell you about <laughs> yeah, but i would support that too does yeah. that answer your question joe it does thank you very much thank you thank you all right god bless joe on the road we'll okay for you yeah. for watch over you Okay, folks, we are down to the wire here. We only have a couple minutes left. Um, let's see. We've got Pam on Facebook. She's recently discovered the Chaplet of St. Michael. I've incorporated it into my daily prayer routine. Can you speak on the benefits of this and talk about the nine angels involved in the prayer? Do you, Are either of you familiar with the St. Michael Chaplet? There's, there's begun this... This new, um, my, my mother runs the Catholic bookstore in town, and I was really shocked when I went up to this <laughs> portion of the tr- the store, and they have all these different chaplets to different saints, and some are angels, and some are different Marys, and so, and each of them has their own rosary-looking, uh, uh, I guess, tool that you can use to pray this certain chaplet. We're probably most familiar with the Divine Mercy chaplet. So are either of you familiar with the St. Michael chaplet? I am not. I am. I'm, I'm familiar with it. I'm not uh, highly versed in it, but I do know Mother Angelica. I would pray it on EWTN early in the morning. And I remember the time that I would probably listen to it the most was when I was at St. Lambert with Father John. And uh, he'd be upstairs running around up in the rectory floor and waking me up. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'd, I'd, uh, I'd turn on the, uh, the TV and, and just listen to Mother Angelica mm-hmm. uh, pray the, the chaplet of St. Michael and, and salutations to all the different angels uh, of the hierarchy of, of all the angels and honoring them. And it was always just so peaceful. I, I, uh, that's been my experience. It's always been a very peaceful experience, very uh, calming experience. Um, and, uh, you know, Mother Angelica does a wonderful job of praying that uh, on TV. And I was just checking out here real quick some information on it, and it's... Um, it was a Portuguese Carmelite nun, Antonia de Antosnaco, uh, who who, uh, who had a vision uh, uh, with regards to the uh, private revelation with regards to the to the chaplet, and uh, it's been approved by the Pope Pius uh, the the ninth as well in 1851 as well. So it's uh, just an honoring of the angels, mm. and um, you know the angels they're uh, part of the thing is Satan didn't want to serve. Lucifer didn't want to serve. He didn't want to serve right. the humans. You know right. of, of part of God's plan. And uh, so it's, I think it's important to, to, to really thank God for the angels and ask for intercession because their sole purpose is to help, is to pray for us and help mm. us get to heaven. How lucky are we? Yeah, you know. Well, fathers, the time is up already. That's fast. <laughs> that was a fast half My gosh. It was like tons of people were calling in. I mean, we need to have you back both on the same time it's well i'd love that i'm game a, yeah a priestly duo yep. yeah a father hagen and i used to live together at st lambert we yeah. uh so this is like a reunion well it's, it is. it's a unique thing because he is an identical twin that's not a priest but was in the seminary and so do i yeah. yes that's right i keep forgetting yeah it's unique well and congratulations i hear you're a new uncle yes, yes. my brother had oh. a baby uh rose Therese. Wow. After St. Therese. So listen. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. It's been fun. Yes. Wonderful to be here. All right. So 
coming up next, uh, thanks to everybody who called in with any questions. Remember, this is a segment that we do every morning from 9.30 to 10 Central Time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live right after this. (laughs) 